Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Hey, good morning. We've had um, we had a great um, weekend um, for us personally. We were at a baptism service yesterday to see our um, brother-in-law and a few others get baptised, and it was such a wonderful time. Um, and it's kind of really what I want to speak on today. Um, about witnessing and the Great Commission. You know, I'm very much um, aware, personally, when I preach. Um, I preach a lot about, you know, loving Jesus and focusing on our relationship with him. But I understand that there is a, sometimes there is a a trap where we are so focused on just our one-on-one relationship with God, we can actually become very insular as Christians, where we just become very inward-looking, and it's just about God dealing with us on a personal level or within the church, and it's never about actually going out in the Great Commission and actually living, being a witness and living the Christian life and seeing others get saved. And I'm very aware of that, and that's something where, you know, that, that brings, you know, what I want God to work in me on and what I hope for our church as well, that we would be a church that are, are praying and seeking for salvation in our town, in our area, that many would come to Jesus um, and that is the great mission, that is the great commission that God and, and Jesus has given us. So that's what I want to preach on today, um, that we won't be a church that is just self-centered or, or looking at ourselves, but we would be not just focusing on our relationship with God, but actually looking out and, and bringing Jesus to those around us and, and bringing that great gospel that we'd see many get saved. And it's not just that we're living this Christian life where we're having this relationship with God and then just waiting to go to heaven for ourselves, but that we are working and co-laboring with Jesus as he, as he calls us to. And this isn't a message that is, that is easy for me to preach. I'm not coming to preach this saying that I've accomplished this or, or nailed this. This is a message for me as well. Um, but I know God was speaking to me on this and, and that I have to share it, but it's for me as well. This isn't me saying that I'm above anyone, nowhere near at all. So this is for all of us. So I wanted to to mainly preach on on a passage in Acts. If you turn to um, Acts chapter 8, I'm going to read from verses 26 to the end. And what I want to focus on is is on salvation, on the Great Commission, and why it's so important, how it is is for us to be effective in that. And for the sake of time, I'll see what I can get through. But... um, I'm just going to read this. It's in Acts 8, verses 26. I'm going to go to 40, and it says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I understand unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In in his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? 
for his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. You know, Jesus is the great book opener. He is the he is the one that brings comprehension to the scriptures. It says in, at the end of Luke, it says um, he, he was speaking and he said um, he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. You know, without Jesus, the scriptures do not have the life. That's why he's called the living word. And, and with Jesus, that, that is the means and that is the reference point and that is the, the goal of scripture itself. And it's through Jesus that the scriptures become real to us. It's through Jesus the meaning and the purpose of the scriptures are revealed. And this is what Philip was doing. He is the gospel. It says here in verse 36, Now they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. You know, you see here this story of, of Philip, uh, what, formerly a disciple of God, now an apostle through, through Acts and being filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit telling him to go to this eunuch. And it says that he runs and he overtakes him. You know, when God speaks to us and in this great commission, there is an urgency to this. There is an urgency in, in the short lives that we have to, to be a witness and to share the gospel of Jesus in our, in our lives, in our actions, in our words, in our relationships. You know, if Philip doesn't run, if he walks, if he delays his going, then, then not only would the eunuch maybe miss out on the gospel, but the whole region of Ethiopia would be delayed in receiving the gospel. They had never received the gospel before this. And it was through his actions. You know, when we are, when we are asking God for wisdom in our relationships or, or bringing the gospel to a, to a person or praying for them or, or whatever we're doing, however God wants us to minister to them, it isn't just them that we're impacting, that there is a great great knock-on effect. It has a great knock-on effect. We heard, I was hearing a testimony at the baptism yesterday of a girl that was, that was getting baptized, and she was into New Age, and, and she was into all of this spirituality, and she was working at an airport, and just a woman was speaking to her and, and asked if she could pray for her, and she prayed, but she said she had pain in her back, prayed for her, and, and her back was healed, and she went home and went, wow, there must be power in the name of Jesus. Then she went and spoke to some old psychic friend of hers to ask about this. And the psychic said, hey, I gave that up a few years ago. Don't get into that stuff. I now follow Jesus, and now I'm a Christian. She then comes to church. She gets born again. And then yesterday, she gets baptized. But it was all starting through one person in an airport praying for this girl. And now she's the only one in her family that's a Christian, that's a believer. And, and the impact she's going to have on her parents, on her siblings... Through her faith, it's, I would say don't belittle the, the, the key moments that you have and the impact it can have just through one prayer that God is able to minister to our heart in a powerful way. And you see here in this story that, that we can bring the gospel, that we can minister Jesus, that we can, in our actions and in our lives, show the love and show the compassion and the purity of Jesus. But it's God that ministers to the heart. 
You know, sometimes we don't know the deep things of someone's heart. We may not know the inner motives. We not, may not know everything they're wrestling with or struggling with, but God does. You know, here it says that Philip, he says that he was preaching Jesus to him. Now, we don't know everything that he's preaching, but it doesn't say that he was preaching on baptism. Now, he might have been preaching on baptism, but it doesn't say that. We can't be for sure. But God ministers to the man's heart. And it, when he's preaching Jesus, when he's sharing the gospel, God is convicting his heart. That's why it's called the Great Commission. It's not, it's not just your mission. It's a co-mission. You are co-laboring with God. When you are witnessing someone, when you are bringing the gospel, when you are showing forgiveness, when you're showing love, when you're showing mercy, when you are sharing about what Jesus has done in your life, God is working in their hearts. God is working with you. And through that, God was speaking to the eunuch, and then he said, what do I need to do? To, can I be baptized? God is speaking and ministering to his heart about baptism. Even in those moments, you know, we don't have to get everything perfect. We don't have to get everything perfect, but when we step out in obedience, in faith, when we are, when we are praying and seeking God's will, and then we're acting on that, God is able to minister through that. And that's when we go in a great commission. That's why John said, John the Baptist in Mark 1, he said, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. He was in the wilderness. He was seeking God. God then empowered him. Then he goes and he prepares the way, and then Jesus comes. And that is, that is still a picture for us today. We go, we are, we are witnessing the gospel. We are living the Christian life. And we, are, we are being a light. We're being the salt and light of the world. And in doing that, Jesus is able to come and to minister to the hearts. You know, I remember a few years ago when I was in, I was in Brazil in, with Hannah. And we were in a boat. And there was, um, there was a couple of guys. And there was one guy who was um, talking about he had really bad pain in his leg. And he really struggled with it for, for decades. And I said, hey, can I just pray for you? So I prayed for him, and though I wasn't speaking very good Portuguese at the time, so I wasn't able to talk about the gospel or Jesus, and, you know, that's my fault as well. But I was, I was, all I could do was pray for him. But in doing that, God was working on the hearts. And, and there was another guy in the boat, which was actually a business partner of his, and God was convicting him in his heart. And then a couple of days later, we went to, like, an evening church service in Brazil, and this guy came to church for the first time in many, many years because God was working on his heart. You know, when you step out in faith, when you are asking God, you know, what do I do? Are you praying for wisdom? And then you're just sharing about what Jesus has done in your life. You're talking about Jesus, or you are showing the Christian life in your actions, in your words, in your motives. In doing that, God is able to minister in that area, in that scenario, more than what you could do when you step out in obedience. And, and even in that here, God is witnessing to him about baptism. And God is seeing that he gets baptized when we step out in faith. That's why we prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight. And that's what Jesus says. You know, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You know, this, this thing about sometimes people think about um, evangelism. It's the people that are the most charismatic or the people that have got the most extroverted personality or the best giftings. Maybe they're a great musician. They're a great speaker. They're great at debating or whatever it is that they think these are the people that are called by God. But God isn't calling He's not looking for your giftings. He's, he's saying, I will make you a fisher of men. He says, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. And this is the great commission that Jesus leaves us with. This is, this is the great call of the Christian life. I remember there was an amazing quote that I saw from a, a guy that I've forgotten. And he was a missionary. And I remember he said, he said, may the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. As he was going, may the lamb receive. You know, we're seeing there about how worthy and and how holy God is. And in, and in doing that, we are bringing to Jesus the reward of his harvest. 
He says that we are, he says there is a great harvest, but the laborers are few. And he said, pray to God that he would send out laborers into the harvest. That there is a great harvest for Jesus, for what he has done. And in doing that, we are bringing to Jesus what he has accomplished at the cross. We are bringing that harvest to him. And, is, and salvation is absolutely vital in the church today. It is the great call of the church. It is the great mission. It is the great outreach, is seeing people get saved. You know, there are many wonderful things that we do as a church, and, is, and it is amazing when we pr- we're praying for people. We want to see people healed. We've got great times of charity where we're giving to the poor or, or giving food or we're bringing people in or we're showing great compassion or we're wanting them to be blessed and receive the favor of God. And, and that is all wonderful. And it's definitely, it's definitely biblical and what God wants us to do. But if, it's, if there is no salvation at the end of it, what is the point? What is the point of healing a body today that goes to hell tomorrow? What is the point of having someone blessed now and having the favor of God in their life now, but when they stand before God at the end, there is no favor on them because they're not righteous through Jesus? Not, I don't want to belittle these things. These are, these are super important. I don't want it to be thrown away or neglected, but the end purpose is salvation. The end purpose of, of the mission of the church is to see people saved. It's, it's to make sure their souls are secure, that they have eternal life with Jesus. It's to make sure, are you prepared? Are you ready? Are you born again? And it's in doing this, it's in the focus on this, that we take on the great commission with, with the sincerity and with the with the fullness and the and the weight of responsibility that it requires but in the power of the holy spirit as well through jesus as well it's not just through our own efforts it's not about how good we are but it's it's by his spirit it's by jesus himself and he co-labors with us when we step out he works in and among us and he convicts the hearts he ministers to the hearts he he does the miracle he brings the harvest through through what we do and we just and we cooperate with this you know, and there is, a great, there is a great difference between witnessing and being a witness. You know, Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3, he says that you are my living epistles. You are my living witnesses. It's not just about having a time slot to go and witness, although it's great if you want to be intentional with that and, and dedicate a time. But it's about being a witness. It's about your life being a living testimony of Jesus. It's about when you're in the workplace and you, the way, you know, you're not gossiping or you're not speaking bad of anyone or you are, you're praying for those around you or you're being a witness in your family or in your, in your relationship or in your marriage or with your kids. It's with all these things. It goes much more beyond than just witnessing, but it's being a living witness. It's the, the gospel and the testimony of Jesus Christ going through your actions, your words, and all of this. It's not just about me standing up here and, and preaching the gospel. It's, it's, it's being living the Christian life. And in doing that, you are, in a, you are taking part in the Great Commission. And it draws people to Christ, that you are truly the salt and light of the world, that you're different to how everyone else operates. You're different to how everyone else reacts. You don't let the things of this world corrupt you. You don't let how others, others treat you harden you or make you bitter or resentful but you show compassion, you show mercy, you pray for those. That God, God puts great favor on your life, and it can't be explained in natural ways, but it is through Jesus. It's in all these things that you become a living witness. And that salvation in this church, in this time, is, is more important now than ever. When, when Jesus is coming back soon, that when when the things of this world are, are screaming at us with all of their ways, but the gospel of Jesus 
has to ring loud and it has to ring true, that it can't. And it's through our lives, it's through our prayers, it's through our stepping out in obedience and faith. And in doing that, the gospel of Jesus is made known and God is able to minister to the hearts. And you know, there are, there are way, obviously there are things that God calls us to do to be effective in this, to be effective in being a witness to, to co-labor in the Great Commission. And for the sake of time, I just want to focus on one, and I want to focus on, on prayer. You know, obviously, we need to be obedient and take steps of faith, and, and without action, it, we heavily limit what God can do. But one key point is prayer as well. Prayer and, and intercession. You know, sometimes we'll say words like intercession, but what does it mean? I mean, literally, it means to to stand and to, to pray on another one's behalf, or quite literally to intervene on someone else's behalf, or a group of people, or a situation that you are standing with God in prayer. And you know, intercessions for today, it says in Hebrews 7.25, it says, speaking of Jesus as the high priest, it says, he ever lives to make intercession for us. It's amazing when you think Jesus, who is seated at the right hand of the Father, is, is forever living to intercede for you and for me. And that when you take on this responsibility for intercession, when you are praying for those around you, when you are praying for your family members, when you're praying for your friends, when you're praying for, for those in your, in your workplace, that you are co-laboring with Jesus in the, in the role of intercession when you're praying for those. And, and intercession is so vital today. You know, again, we live in a world where the world is screaming at us with all of these different things. And you don't know, you might be the one, when you are praying on someone else's behalf, you might be the only one that's praying for them. With Jesus, you may be the only one that is praying light and hope and redemption and salvation in a world that is preaching death and darkness, and you might be the only one that is praying that. But when you are praying that, you are co-laboring with Jesus, and you are praying, and you're speaking his will, you're speaking his purposes, you're speaking his, his desire that all would be saved and come to the knowledge of God. And in doing that, there is, there is a great need. And, and prayer is, is essential for two things. You know, one... It is vital for our dependency on God. You know, again, this isn't a great mission where we go out and do it on our own. It is the great commission. It is a co-mission with Jesus. And in prayer, we are making sure that we are dependent on God and that we are waiting on God and that we need, we need his wisdom. We need him to open the doors. We need Jesus to make a way. And we need, we need him to, to be effective and to see a great commission. And two... It is to, like I was saying, it's to intercede for those around us, that their hearts would be opened, that the, the love and the light of the gospel of Jesus would shine brightly in their hearts, that they would see their, their eternity for what it is, that they would see their need for Jesus. And in doing this, not only are you are praying because you need God, but you're praying because they need Jesus. And in, and in prayer, it is essential that we are equipped and that we are going out as co-laborers with God in all that we do. You know, I want to read one other quick passage, and it's in Luke 24. And it's one of the last things that Jesus was saying to them in the Gospels. I'm just going to read verses 46 to 49. And it says here, Luke 24, 46, it says, Then he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. 
Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. You know, Jesus here is resurrected, and he is with his disciples, and he is telling them and reminding them of the Great Commission, saying, you are to be my witnesses of these things. I have died, and I have rose again. I have ascended on high, and through me you have repentance and forgiveness of sins, and you can be delivered and set free and be born again. But he also tells them to wait and to, until they are endued with power. And, and famously, they went into the upper room and they prayed and sought God for 10 days in one accord. And, and in that praying, in that waiting on God, God empowered them to then go be effective witnesses, to be a living witness. You know, if you look at their resume, you know, we read about Philip earlier who was a disciple. You read the resume of them that, you know, these are people that have walked with Jesus for three and a half years. They'd gone on wonderful mission trips. They had seen great and mighty exploits and miracles by God. You know, most of us would say they're experienced enough. They're ready to go now. We'd say that they're prepared enough. They've seen enough. They've done enough. They don't need to wait on God. They can go right now, and they could be great witnesses. But God tells them to wait. God tells them to pray and to seek him. And in doing that, in their dependence on him, then God equips them. You know, it's not just about our experience or our previous testimonies or our, our stat sheet, so to speak, of like what we've done before or how, how many amazing things we've done or what kind of personality type we are, but it is about God equipping us. It's about God equipping us, and that's why he said to them to wait until you are endued with power on high. And in doing this, they, were, they realized that and, and Jesus was teaching them that you can't do this on your own. This is not a one-man mission. This is a co-mission with Jesus. And in doing that, you are laboring with Jesus, and God himself is able to work in and through you, in our midst. Because it's him and the gospel that convicts the hearts. It's him that pierces through the hearts and, 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 sh- and, and enlightens those around us with the gospel of Jesus. It's not just our words or what we do. It's, it's God himself. It's the spirit of God himself that does the that does the ministering and works with us. And this is why it's essential to to pray and to seek God before, that we need the Holy Spirit, and prayer realizes our need for God and and brings in the presence and the power of Jesus in those situations when we are dependently waiting and seeking on God, seeking for his wisdom, seeking for his ways, for his power, for for him to open the door. And in doing that, then we're able to go out. Like it said with Philip, the Spirit spoke to him. And it's in doing that, when we are equipped to be, to be effective witnesses, to be a living witness. And this is why intercession is vital in these salvations. You know, it says Jesus is the, the great intercessor, and it's our privilege to co-labor with him in this. But it's in doing this, we are partnering with Jesus in the whole thing from beginning to end. And when we're doing this, we are connecting with Jesus himself. In prayer, we are truly connecting with God. And in doing that, we're connecting with his will, with his desire. And we are praying that will to pass in this world when maybe in that, in that person's life that no one else is praying that will for them. No one else is, is doing that. And in doing that, you are making a way. Like John the Baptist said, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. And in praying and in interceding, you are preparing the way of the Lord for their lives for their hearts, for their souls. You know, and this is a, this is a message for us all, is, is not to give up praying for our family. 
It's not to give up praying for our siblings or our parents or our partner or, or those people in the workplace. It's not to give up in these things, but it is to continue to pray and to seek God and to be a witness in every time you meet with them. It's never to give up in these things. It's never to lose hope. It says Jesus is forever interceding for us, that Jesus never gives up. And in, and in doing this, we are never to lose hope because we could be, in our lives, it could be the vital link between them being saved or not. It could be the difference maker between them receiving Jesus and having their eternity secured or, or not. And in our prayers for them, in our working out our, our salvation, in our, our living out of the gospel, that we are being, being witnesses and the light of Jesus is able to save them and is able to convict their hearts. It's never for us to give up. You know, we were at that baptism yesterday and we saw um, my brother-in-law get baptized and that has been years and years and years of Hannah's parents praying, of interceding, of us all praying, of us all praying, but it's never to lose hope that God is able to save and redeem. And those moments are amazing, but it, I, I know what it's like. It's tough in the moment when you're praying for those and they are treating you awfully or... It is just, it is difficult and it's tough to always do that, but you, we can't give up. We can't give up. Like Jesus never gave up on us. We've got to keep continuing and pressing on and joining with Jesus in this co-laboring, co in this commission, that the lamb would receive the reward of his suffering. We cannot afford to let them slip away. I mean, even in my own life, you know, I saw my mum get radically come back to Jesus and protected by the Lord and that was a couple of years ago, but that was, again, that was years of praying. And not that I was perfect at all, but it, it was, and it was not, again, what I want to stress is this is not me. This is not about how great our prayers are. This is purely on the mercy and grace of God, but it is us co-laboring with Christ. It is us joining into the commission that God calls us into. And in doing that, we're able to see God's will take place. We're able to see salvation take place. Like we should see in this church, we should be seeing many in this town and in this area giving their lives to Jesus. This isn't a closed-off church. This isn't an insular thing. That This is about the gospel of Jesus being made known and that people are saved and that those people and their families and their children and their workplaces and their friendship groups, that they are also touched by Jesus just by our obedience in stepping out and in prayer and in following God, that he makes us fishers of men. And with my, and with my mom, that was, that was years of praying, and then God miraculously brought her back to him and, and protected her. And even last year, she joined a church. I remember I'd be in these prayer meetings at church, and, and at the end, they'll say, you know, what specific prayer requests? I'd be like, oh, can we just pray that my mom would be saved and that she'd go and join a church again? That she'd be back, she was hurt by a church, and she didn't ever want it to go back. But in doing that, and, and in praying, and in not giving up, we have seen them delivered. And, and you know, my, again, for my sister, I'm praying that she would come back to Christ, that she would walk out in the full born again Christian life. But that is something that we don't give up on. That's something that we don't give up on. You, we, you know, you might be the only one that's praying for them. You might be the only one that's interceding for them. But God is calling us to keep going, to keep praying, to keep believing, to keep being a light and a witness. You might be the only one in their lives that, that is a Christian. You might be the only one, even if you're maybe not the only Christian, you might be the only one that's living the Christian life. You might be the only one that is, that is ministering the compassion and the love and the, the wholeness of Jesus. And in, in those prayers and in that uh, intercession and in that witnessing and, and standing in faith, you are the one that is bringing Jesus to them. And that we pray and we pray and we pray. You know, we're not to lose hope. 
This is, not, this is not for us to give up. It might be years that you've had with your kids or with your partner or with your parents. You might be the only one in your family that's saved and they, you might be being ridiculed for it. You might be being alienated or you think after all these years, nothing's happened. But this is not for us to lose hope. This is for us to continue and to press on. To press on as Jesus forever presses on for us. Thank you, Jesus. And in this, through prayer, through dependency on God, through stepping out in faith, you might think it's a really little thing, but it might be just sharing about what Jesus has done in your life. It might be just praying for someone, like that testimony of that girl in the airport. It might be in any of these things, but in doing that, God is able to minister to the hearts. Like that eunuch that got baptized. Just like that, God is able to minister to the hearts. God knows exactly what they need. And he might reveal that to you. He might do that through what you're saying. He might do that independently of what you're doing. But when you step out, you are co-laboring with God and you are preparing the way of the Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centrechurch.uk or check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.